ஆர்டிகுலேட்லி So tell me about you know for the ones people who haven't yet read the book what made you think of writing this book in the first place you know um i hope and i pray that my answer doesn't sound more and more rehearsed because this was my first initial instinct you know so to speak but i huh. genuinely feel it was at a time it came to me at a time when the world was at a standstill Hmm. I remember I'm in Hyderabad right now and I remember speaking to my very dear friend who lives here and I said hmm. yaar people are doing all these you know like these coffee videos banana bread this that yaar <laughs> I can't do all of this stuff it just does not stick by me you know I don't feel uh. comfortable doing these things and he uh. said ha to baby you do what you're good at do what you feel hmm. like he told me Hmm. I don't know what I feel like doing so I think I put up a meme saying uh, okay even cuckoo is going cuckoo like everyone else I think that hmm. was the first meme that I put up like and it didn't get viral or anything nobody found it funny so I was like oh shit <laughs> this is also waste I tried this also failed <laughs> but then hmm. I think as the days passed and i am a very impatient person you know mm. so i wanted something to happen and i felt like there was so much that was out of my control that i said why mm. don't i divert my energies to doing something is that is in my control also i thought there was a lot of angst a lot of uh, hurt a lot of what's the word i'm trying to look for you know the word of of, of constant loss okay you mm. know just outside mm. my window yes uh everybody everybody was suffering and i felt mm. that was a good time or that was the time good or bad we can't tell but i think it was a time when i felt i had to make some journeys that were inwards because i was getting mm. affected by what was happening outside of my house outside yes. of my life yes. because huh. i think we at some point all of us are empaths and hmm. you feel so deeply connected to the miseries of other people i mean people were dying man i met someone yeah. recently and this is like two years after like one i don't know one year two years after the pandemic and, huh. and they and i said uh, hey babe uh, i think uh, are you okay because you know they had 
substantially increased physically in their size hmm and uh, this person reacted in the most genuine way this person said ha yaar pandemic mein to i thought i'm going to die maine socha kha kha ke mar jate and i thought that was so honest you know and it was also so painful because we all were going through something that was not true to ourselves yeah so i found this moment every day in my life and i would just sit and write about things that that mattered to me those hmm. things i thought about who eventually shaped me to become the person i am today hmm. um i'm someone who takes failures with like more than just a pinch of salt you know i'm just like yeah 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 failed again fun hmm. uh, we'll do this again you know hmm. and Yeah I think that's where the genesis of the book happened really Okay I remember uh, I was reaching out for somebody to be connected to a ghostwriter at this point Oh okay and then they said no, but why don't you write a book I said okay then give me also a ghostwriter they said for what you write your book and then I said oh really uh, uh, people write their books because even I had the same feeling you know like everybody else has someone else to write mm. their books well, mm. i am so happy to report that every word every emotion was typed by me on that computer and sent to the publishers so okay. this book was written by me and i feel mm. so happy that i was able to dive as deep as i could to find out mm. instances i could make those uh, metaphorical connections yeah so i felt like you know this was a good time to actually be as honest about things that mattered to me and things that shaped me so i stuck to that mm-hmm. i'm so happy that it turned out this way um i have lots of questions that get like that i'm asked you know oh, weren't you afraid mm-hmm. how people will perceive you aren't you too young is like the most common question that i am asked what what why why would like oh <laughs> you want you to be old yeah. you write about yourself yeah <laughs> when i came into this industry they said you're too old to act now they're like you're too young to write a book i'm like hey this side yeah <laughs> what too old to act they yeah. said that because i was 27 what? when i came to bombay no that's hardly like uh, i mean you know, i mean in comparison to today i'm saying in comparison to today 10 years uh, ago 27 was a really really like like an age where you will now be playing like tv moms <laughs> it's true <laughs> i think these people make their own boxes and stuff people into it I mean, it's true it's, yeah. yeah the problem is really not in us the problem is in these pseudo rule makers so to speak yeah yeah so i mean you have avoided these rules right so tell me about that i don't know i think i've not avoided them because i never felt that i was in a position to avoid these rules hmm okay. but i have always been the bendit like beckham kind of guy <laughs> i'll always bend it around <laughs> thoda aisa i've always bent my rules and i'm very happy with that and that's such a cool okay. question because no one's ever asked me that ever i've always bent my rules you know no 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 you have to be home at 6 o'clock said the mother hmm. and i would 
have something that would like direct me or push me in the direction of coming home at 7 with a legit reason like you know what i mean yeah or when she said you can't go out after 9 pm so i partied in the day we went to day night huh. we went to day clubs wow <laughs> so, i think i bent the rules and i think yeah some people call people like me jugaadus or uh, you know like oh yeah you're too smart and i think i've written about that also in the book you know you need smart people to maneuver the conversation of intelligent people so yeah yeah you know what i liked in the early parts of the book is how you've spoken about how the school system really screws up you know with sensitive children mm. you know once he said time and again and i don't know and you know you've been honest about that so let's talk about that you know your school experience and how terrible it is like it is for many people who are thinking and you know i mean i can only look at it today in hindsight right and be like yeah you know that could have been done differently i wish my teachers mm-hmm. knew better but i think these teachers were also a part of the system they want the system i'm i'm too far away from the problem today mm-hmm. to say that you know they did it with an intention I don't think any teacher does it with an intention to hurt. I think teaching is a very very noble profession. And that is yes. what we have been told. So I don't have a feeling that is true to me and that rings close to my bones. And I can say that, you know, no 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 no, they did this on purpose or they did this with an intention to hurt me, you know. No, so they thought it was the right way to behave. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. It's mm. such deep conditioning at such like varied levels that we don't see and then we think yes. ha yeah today by my commentary things will change no man things will not change that quickly you know and hmm. i think i need to be cognizant of that as well so what i can hmm. truly change is only myself i can't change other people i can't change their actions i can't change their thoughts i can't change consequences Hmm. I can't change circumstances but I can prepare myself enough to deal with certain situations differently and I think that hmm. is a superpower that all of us have hmm hmm and 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 I found that bit where you know we went we went to that uh, the summer camp sort of place right uh, I can't remember the name um conducted by kaikini yeah you know? boyency by ajit uncle ajit kaikini yes. and sadhana kaikini yes. i'm yes. so happy you know mm. that chapter and those two people mm. they stand out for everyone right okay and mm. uh, they do because they did make a difference and can i tell you this manjula i've never said this to anyone before except them Uh, mm. I used to be 13 years old it was the first time that I was taking a bus ride from Jayanagar to Domlul where I used to live and oh. I would get into the bus and I had to wait because you know I would finish class around 2:30 the bus would like depart around 3:30 or 3:15 but I would be damn scared mm. that I will miss my bus so I would come mm. and sit earlier and I would have okay. all these big huge books that used to be open with like those mm. calligraphy calligraphy lines Oh right so i would sit and write my calligraphy letters and it was wow. really new people had not seen 
like calligraphy as an art being done by a 13 year old yeah so they would say oh wow what is that and then i'll say you know uncle i went to buoyancy <laughs> <laughs> and i am learning personality development program and i would tell the whole freaking bus from jainagar <laughs> to domlur i have been an uh, like i have been a very very passionate advertiser when the word advertising did not stick in our heads you know and it was oh. not word of like it was literally me being honest about how i felt being there and i would share mm. that with these unsuspecting bystanders and like passengers on the bus who would end up bringing their children to buoyancy oh Mm. and then ajit uncle would laugh and say ha ha this girl again yeah she went and told people again in the bus you know <laughs> <laughs> and today i wrote a book and now ajit uncle must be like ha ha you wrote a book also <laughs> <laughs> good 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 for them because they seem to have done a really like a good job so yeah man i think anything mm. that is done with the heart in the right place no it outlives I think your work outlives you, you know. Yeah. You can't you mm. can't choose to like stand by everything that you've done, but if you know you've put an honest effort in what you've tried to create, it will always outlive you as a human being and that is such a such a beautiful emotion to to understand and to like not even understand, please attempt to understand because it's it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Okay so you know one thing about the book that i notice is also that you know besides being a memoir i think like a lot of people who you know could read this as a how to book as well you know at some points i thought that you know how to like kind of just take your you know take yourself and turn yourself around or to take control or to take charge of yourself and your actions and also maybe like in a place like bollywood you know people who are aspiring to be something we could read this book and take a lot out of it i thought because it's so competitive out there and you know often i'm sure people are losing it <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you're so polite amazing they are losing it <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not about that Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the most politically incorrect podcast i've ever <laughs> you and me put together <laughs> <laughs> no my friend he came he was larger than his physical size i said so. <laughs> <laughs> hmm right yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut you yeah but you're right yeah no no yeah so go on so say i don't know i think um when i was writing this book i honestly i didn't know i was writing a book i was just writing i was really enjoying hmm. it because i used to be this kid who used to write like in school and stuff like that and Hmm. you know whether it's this writing or whether it was me playing cuckoo i've always been taken aback by the fact that you know people at least initially i get taken aback when people say wow that was so brave that was so bold hmm. i was like hmm. but when i was do- doing it it didn't feel like brave or bold you know hmm it just felt like something i was doing and i was really having fun doing hmm. it hmm. Uh, and as we spoke right in the beginning of this call hmm i told you that doing anything like for a prolonged period of time whether it's something fun or whether it's something sad both will wear you out so i think the yeah. pleasure of performing an actor like kuku uh, drained me mm. or the 
joy of writing this book at some point you know like wow that was such a great incredible chapter boom it would wear me out but yes i think there was an honest attempt to tell people like hey you know what it's not the end like hmm. it's not over until it's over like for example when people turn around and say no i'm an aspiring actor what do not aspiring what is aspiring <laughs> you are an actor if you acted mm. you're an actor if you're writing you're an author if you're hosting yes. you're an anchor but don't keep saying you mm. know you're like pushing yourself behind by and words have such a huge impact on the way our mind functions you know mm-hmm. communication was a tool that was created for us to express those billion thoughts that are shuttling through our mind and it's mm. so weird that we make a bhurji and a you know save bhuri out of those very thoughts that could be communicated with clarity you know because we try to take the easy way out mm. and i feel that if these words as clearly put can help somebody who may be going through a moment of confusion a moment of uncertainty a moment of man that's it i i i that's it i drop i leave you know mm-hmm. if it does if if help is the right word that we can use if it does help them mm. find a way out like mm. we're trying to get through the wall that we sometimes forget to see that there is a door right next to it mm. Mm. so i feel that if this book helps people uh find that door then i am going to be very grateful for for this coming to me because uh, i don't mm. know i think i just followed my cue nobody really sat me down and said hello we are going to give you money now let us do this together you know i mean of mm. course they paid me money i was very happy <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you hapa collins thank you <laughs> so now since you've mentioned kuku you know and you, you the, that whole chapter about uh, you know uh, sacred games is really uh, it's a good chapter Yay. and uh, <laughs> yeah you know the thing about the uh, the phallus <laughs> yeah oh my phallus oh my god <laughs> i have so many phallus pictures now like i went to bhutan and i took a picture with a phallus and people, i had like some 23000 likes on that picture i'm like hell yeah i've arrived <laughs> this is who i am <laughs> Yeah. So for me and a phallus and it's like a hit like it's a hit <laughs> That's hilarious yeah. you know People don't call me a dick <laughs> <laughs> But it must have been something to wear a dick now you know just talk about that I you know I was wondering and you wrote about it as well so it's funny right It is no Yeah <laughs> I found it very cool man like They were like, you know, you have frontal nudity scene. I said, yes, but it's not mine. We'll show it. What's the problem? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are you freaking out? I remember having that conversation. And I think we give so much emphasis to our anatomy. Yaar. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you're not four years old. Stop being so silly about the anatomy. And I'm saying this because I... I think I came from a place where I was unable to look at myself in the mirror and say hell yeah that's your body and you should be proud of it you know 
Mm-hmm. There is so much that is veiled in modesty and you hiding your true authentic self or to fit into a mold that works for the rest of the world. I think those mm-hmm. things are such pressures that we deal with. And I don't mean you have mm-hmm. to be from a industry to deal with that nonsense, you know. Mm-hmm. At a human level. Yeah. And I mean boys and girls and men and women and uh, anybody else who identifies as anything that's comfortable to them on the spectrum. I think all of us mm-hmm. as human beings go through this, you know, where we are just mm-hmm. scaled down to how we look. Uh, and the anatomy is given so much emphasis. Like I remember being asked this all the time four years ago during the interviews. In fact, I get asked about it even now. Mm-hmm. How did it feel like, you know, playing cuckoo? I said, but cuckoo is a woman. Mm, Cuckoo identifies mm, as a woman. I am a woman. Yes. I'm sure if another actor from a different, um, you know, uh, gender pool may have been cast for it, then I'm sure they would Mm. have brought something else to the floor or something else to the Mm. script, something else to the lines because we all are different. But, but, For me, the way I played it and considering the fact that it was my first big ticket out into the open, you know, I Mm -hmm. felt it was because it was Phantom, Mm -hmm. uh, it was Anurag Kashyap, it was Nawazuddin Siddiqui, Netflix, Vikram Aditya Motwani, Saif Ali Khan. You know somewhere in your head that this is a big opportunity, right? Yes, yes. And for a rookie to be out there playing with like the stalwarts and Mm. I think that was the pressure that I really had I did not have a pressure of like whoa I need to wear a penis right now that was not my pressure my pressure was how the hell am I going to act I don't know if I know (laughs) how to act that was my real worry it was not about what stuck onto me Uh, but talking Mm. about like wearing the penis for the first time it was interesting because there was something that was like kind of moving between my thighs and it was yeah it was soft and fleshy and it was weird and I knew it was it was yeah (laughs) yeah that's hilarious (laughs) and I'm like you didn't feel like this before why do you feel different when you are on me (laughs) did it make you feel empowered (laughs) Not at all, yeah. What nonsense. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am sorry, but it's not a baby. It's not a baton. Baton, is that what it's called? No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> okay, listen. What, what do you say to these, you know, a, a lot of like transgender actors have said, you know, and it's a, even Scarlett Johansson faced a lot of uh, flack lately, right? Some time back. <gasps> I'll tell you exactly when. On the 6th of July, this uh, show came out. And I think on the Hmm. 5th or 4th of July, the Scarlett Johansson uh, uh, story that you're uh, referring to came out. Wherein then she Hmm. had to move out uh, of that role and then a transgender actor was cast for it. Which I thought was phenomenal. Yes. Hmm. So, you know, some transgender 
actors now. I mean, I've seen a, a couple of people on Insta saying, you know, why doesn't Bollywood cast us yeah. in transgender roles? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sushi is like probably like the coolest, coolest, uh, you know, spokesperson from the community. That I'm so grateful to call. Uh, then my friend... Uh, it's really confusing with Sushi because, you know, uh, I've known Sushant as Sushant and I've performed with uh, Rani Kohino, right? But, okay. you know, the beauty that I love about most of these incredibly uh, vocal people is that, mm. you know, these incredible human beings operate from a place of love and such little judgment. And I don't think if you mm. go on a limb to hurt them, they're ever coming mm. at you, you know. So I think mm. they've gone through so much already and trying to mm. create a space for who they are that I think mm. it's exhausting. It's exhausting for anybody, you know. I would be exhausted if I had to like, if I had to like say that, you know, like, this is who I am and you accept me for who I am. And if people didn't, I think mm. I'm sure I would be exhausted too. But these mm. beautiful, beautiful souls have actually picked themselves up from those moments of, I don't know, many, many, many dead ends mm. and brought themselves forward. Like, I know where your question was going. So I'm really, really sorry, Manjula. I, I, I interjected what you were saying, but I knew no, where no, this no. question was going, if I'm right. But I'm so glad that today, I mean, you know, when we did uh, uh, Sacred Games, it was, I think, about mm. six or seven months later that Section 377 mm. was revoked, you know? Yes. It was shattered. Can you mm. imagine up until that point, being gay in mm. this country was criminal? Yeah, how it did was you, criminal. Exactly. And how do you think that people on you know, in the queer community, when they could not say, I love you for who you mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. right? Or I love me but for who like, I like am. Like your friend, you know, like in the book, like your friend said, they were always saying it. They just didn't care about what, they uh, didn't. Uh, you know. They didn't. But know. then to be accepted in a professional field yeah. and to be cast as that, I think at the end of the day, you know, like there are so many layers of pressure that comes on us that probably we don't even realize right i thought it was mm. like you know while we are laughing about it about me doing it wearing a penis blah 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 mm. but for somebody who may be their authentic self but are always considered yes. different mm. and not considered different by themselves but like their family by people who you know cast them who have slurs mm. and who have comments on, on who these people are and who they can be. Mm. I mean, I think it must have been really hard for all of them to come up and speak as authentically yeah, as they are speaking today. So I feel mm. that it's such a huge change in that sense. Mm. Also, if, I'm, mm. if I may report, uh, you know, I'm doing a film just now. Mm. It's a really, really fun film. And they cast a non-binary actor who lives in UK okay. for this okay. film. So they okay. never took a uh, cisgender actor and said, why don't you play non-binary? Okay. okay. And the beauty so on that... Things are changing. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. 
I would totally, mm. totally say, like, you know, we were talking about how it's so easy for us to sit around here and pass our opinions about how things should be different in systems. Mm. Systems will only change when individually people choose to change. That's true. That's and true. I think today individuals are far more aware as as creators as storytellers as writers you know to incorporate that authenticity hmm. into the system and i feel it is such a great place to be in. Hmm. you know hmm. it's nice to see you know when you have more than one flavor or to to be offered it's fun that's true yeah. that's true Okay. So, you know, another chapter that was like that, this, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have asked you and, and, and it was a very disturbing chapter. The, the one where that family friend. Abuse, you know, abuse. Indeed. Yeah, that was a really disturbing chapter. And I was wondering, man, that you actually wrote it was also something. So talk about that mm. because that's a big one. I don't know. I mean, really, there's nothing to talk about. The fact that I did, I knew that I was over it. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I had spoken about it like to immediate family also. Hmm. Maybe like 10, 12 years after it had happened. Okay. So uh, I think I was definitely over it. You know, I also felt Hmm. that there were times like, you know, you run into that mode where you can't tell if you were doing the right thing or not. But you were a kid, man. Of course, you were. Not, you couldn't have been doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? It yeah, wasn't but, on you. You know, then there is also this thing where you're turned around and told, but you know, you were earning, you were like an important person in the family. You know, like I honestly thought I grew up way before my time, right? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, seeing yeah. like, like to in order to make that decision where I say no, I'm not going to speak about this because if I do, it is going to affect my family further. Mm. If I was that person who and I, I'm being cognizant of not using Kate. I'm saying if I was that mm. person who did not who chose not to speak about it then, huh. then I think I had a long way to go where I had to forgive myself first. Mm. Because predators mm. do what predators do, and if they've done it once, yeah. they will do it again. Yeah, yeah. But I think it took me a long, long time to find self-worth in myself, to Mm. bounce back, to know that I can create something that is my own and I'm not, I'm not straddled to my past or Mm. to Mm. this truth that has been fed to me, you know, like Mm. you're the abused one. Nobody knew about it but myself. So can you imagine those sounds in my head? They were like, Mm. they were clanging at some point, you know. And I felt Mm. that, uh, nah, I don't want to do this anymore, man. I think, uh, Mm. I think I need to free myself from this misery, so to speak. Mm. And I'm so grateful that, that I was able to do that. I was happy. But do you, have you ever like like run into this character? Yes, I did actually, you know, years and years and years ago at a hotel. And this is so interesting, uh, Manjula. I had to say, so uh, the book has a Mr. Na- uh, Mrs. Naidu. So yeah. for the sake of protecting privacy, we changed her name there, right? Yeah. So uh, I remember 
two instances very clearly in my life hmm. where I was once sitting somewhere and uh, Mrs. Naidu came and put a hand on my shoulder. Huh. And that energy was so, so overbearing that I broke hmm. into a sweat and I had fever. Huh. And huh. this is like some 10 years after I've left school because she was my fourth grade teacher. Hmm. Right. And the same yeah. thing happened to me, I think about six or seven years after I had never, like after I had not seen this man and I walked huh. into a hotel lobby Hmm. And he was there and I swear to God, I felt the same kind of like breaking into a sweat and like fear and fever. So, hmm. yeah, it was insane. Like you don't understand how much mentally you get distraught that your body starts to react. And I think my body has taken a lot of physical beating. Hmm. because of my emotional stress or my mental health and this is the reason why I tell people do you want to heal something heal your mind first hmm. <clears throat> and your body will heal itself I mean it hmm. needs time because it's not a miracle therapy but to yeah. know that like like you know the thing that you say yeah I'm still suffering I'm still like yeah you know like always say that yes I got hurt but I'm getting better you need to tell your mind that repeatedly. Like I'm talking to you right now with a broken mm. elbow. But I have to keep reminding this mind of mine that it's doing what it does to heal mm. my elbow. And it will get better. And it's so similar with like emotional trauma as well. First, you need yeah. to accept that you went through it. And two, mm. you need to tell yourself that you are above it. And it's okay you will come out of it it's all right you did not have the vocabulary at that time it's okay mm. that you shut down it's okay that you hurt yourself mm. but there is always a way forward and that's the way mm. forward that we need to you know that's the way forward that we need to like invest and and not for anyone else but for ourselves but it couldn't have been easy i mean like oh. seeing this person now you know no I mean, no I, was... I shivered i shivered yeah, like I could feel yeah, I my know. teeth like chattering. I could feel myself breaking into a sweat. And I think the other similar experience that I've had, and I'm very scared of snakes, right? Like really, really mm. scared of snakes. So we used to have a supermarket, which was like a supermarket. We could call it, I mean, I love how my mom has always presented things uh, in a certain way. So it was a really small little like, you know, hole in the wall kind of a thing. But hmm. she had gone and set this place up for the residents of ACS layout hmm. before people had like moved in there to service people, you know. And she hmm. had a small hmm. little place which she called her supermarket. And I remember just outside that because it was a new area that was getting developed. We used to see a lot of snakes. Hmm. I would see snakes and I would get break into a similar sweat and I would break into a similar fever. So, yeah, Gosh. I, yeah. so I think, God. I think, you know, I think that's the kind of emotional connect I can make to it, wherein mm. when these people like touched me, mm. I would just break into like a fever and a sweat. And then I would see a snake and I would break into the same kind of like, yeah, so it was just that, yeah.
and then uh, the other chapter like you know the uh, when you talk about those that south uh, south uh, south american yeah drinking beautiful chapter talk about that um thank you for asking me this manjula <laughs> yeah because i thought people like to stop after like the abuse chapter so just like okay thank you bye now so are <laughs> what <laughs> ठीक there is an idea around dancing around fires and like wearing leaves and you know like <laughs> tribal situations but you know i i yeah. i i had read about it in a book uh mm. by priya kumar and i was really young when i had read it you know but mm. it's bizarre how it stayed in my mind mm. and many years later i ended up uh watching a documentary which is on netflix uh Uh, on on a shaman on on a shaman i think it's called the life of a shaman or something like that all right how about mm-hmm. like how this kid was cured from like the most incredible bouts of depression mm-hmm. this american kid mm-hmm. and then i read a book again on shamanism i think mm-hmm. called the real shaman i can't remember the name of the book right now but i can find it and give it to you at some point so then i was mm-hmm. understanding how synchron uh, like The, the synchronicity how that works mm. you know okay. like you can get mm. answers for your questions you know through patterns mm-hmm. and things like that and there is a lot that is beyond what the conscious mind knows and what the conscious mind seems to grapple yes so i found all of that really really interesting and mm. um I was in Malta at this point and I was pretty sure that you know I was not meant to be there but you know it's covid and that's why I'm not being sent back home and there is like this feeble amount of resentment that has set in because I have not lived away from my house my cat friends food familiarity for such a long time already and it was about 4 yes. 5 months into it hmm and I'm having this desperation to act out and to like like jeopardize things that are going well for me even right mm-hmm. and uh, that's when i went out for this unassuming meal with a co-actor who at mm. the end of the night introduced me to one of his friends who told me in a random conversation i said you know what's the one thing i really want to do i want to ayahuasca and i really thought it was me being my candid self hmm and this hmm. person just looked at me and said cool that's doable we can have that done what who said wow. that so like you know <laughs> what did that just happen to me and i hmm. literally took this person in the, into a corner and i said no 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 i really mean like are you waska and he said yeah yeah hmm. yeah But why are you whispering it's all right we can have this conversation but also you know he wanted to wet me as a you know as who i am as a human being through the process 
Mm-hmm. So he met me after that for breakfast, had a conversation about how my mind functions, how I got to know about this, and why was I really interested. And then mm. he said, you know what, there's a retreat that's happening. I'll connect you and you see if it works out. And it did. Um, I was immediately asked to go on my diet, uh, which is you abstaining from any flavor to your food, like additional flavor to your food, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't add salt and chili and spices to your food. So you have a lot of mm. vegetables that are just basic. Um, mm. You abstain from having sex. You abstain from alcohol. You basically abstain from things that alter your mind. Okay. For mm. about a month. In any way. Mm. And that could be even smoking a cigarette, you know? Because oh, when okay. you have a cigarette, the nicotine kind of like, makes you woozy in your head yes right? mm. so this ask you not mm. to have anything that alters any state okay. of your mind and and you're mm. and you're subconsciously feeding yourself this idea that i'm doing mm. this because i'm looking for answers and i'm asking the mother for the answer so ayahuasca is the mother plant okay mm. so traditionally it's called the mother and then they mm. in a ceremony you you invoke the blessings of the mother and you ask the mother to give you the answers that you're looking for. And I was in a room with 16 strangers mm. who I had never, ever met anywhere in my life. And I don't know if I will ever meet them again either. But mm. these 16 people, including me, we were all like on our own journeys. Mm. And we did this over the weekend. And it was beautifully done because there was an intention that was set. I thought I was massively in control until I realized, (laughs) no, that's a joke. You're not in control at all. And I thought when I let go or I stopped controlling the way I want things to work out for me Mm. is when I found like some really deeply embedded answers. I, I found answers of... Of, of how I was trying to align my emotions, my physical state and my soul. That was like one mm. of my first learning. My second learning, very concisely put, was how I thought I was not worthy to love and worthy of love. Mm. And, you know, this heart chakra that we speak about, I saw it just open up like lights <laughs> in... Mm in an empty stadium and for some reason Wankhade stuck in my head <laughs> uh, so it was that and uh, and then there was this series of forgiveness that came in so I think I know I may be kind of biting off more than I can chew here but I think when I finished this book I felt I had already written the book oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, it sounds trippy, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shit! I just admitted to felony. So yeah. Okay. So I felt like I had the courage to kind of like own up Hmm. to to who I am and to my truest authentic self. And Hmm. that is a superpower. I'll tell you that, Manjula. When you really, really are okay with your actions, right? Mm. And you know that you aren't doing anything because 
you know the intention behind your actions right mm-hmm. you always do mm-hmm. you know i'm doing this to hurt somebody you know i'm doing this to yeah. make someone happy yes yes mm-hmm. knowing the intention behind your actions is 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 really really important mm-hmm. yeah so i think i came from that place okay so you think that you know that whole uh, well that whole weekend has you know the the effects of that continue i mean you know because usually a lot of these things you you feel great for like say about a month and then it's you know it's kind of forgotten you go back to your old self and yeah yeah no but i think it's lasted me for over a year and uh, thanks to the experience i meditate uh like I've, i i was anyways closer to meditation Hmm. but now i meditate i i know how to bring myself back to you know that state of calmness i i am able to rest so there were not it was not just ayahuasca you know like i was speaking to a friend hmm. of mine where we, we were speaking about self work hmm it's not a what what do i say it's it's a tool at the end of the day right to make yes, you recognize yes. who you are yes uh but i can't necessarily keep the same tool like after i've already opened the door yeah then i need to keep moving forward in that journey right so mm. for me gratitude journaling um ayahuasca was just one of the other things in there meditation uh conscious choice of words that i use so there are a lot of other things around that that allow you to stay true to yourself Hmm. but okay. while there was something that was on a subconscious or deep conscious level there are things that you need to do as a human being on the conscious level because you are living this earth in a conscious state of mind hmm. Hmm. so there is a hmm. sense of awareness comes into you and you know that i'm doing this because i wanted to do it hmm i wanted to tell you fuck you because i want to hurt you you know <laughs> yeah and if yeah. i know that it makes life easier at least you're accountable yeah. for your actions you know because i think most yeah. of the other time you're just walking through life just like you know just like flinging your <laughs> arms around and like being crazy and and then mm. you think you're crazy and the world tells you you're crazy right yeah but you're not mm you really not mm. Mm. you just haven't picked on the patterns that make you work the way you do and again i'm speaking about this journey in the most emotional manner because i am that person mm-hmm. i'm sure mm-hmm. there are a lot more like deeper layers of it being understood L- like for example uh on mm-hmm. uh netflix there is a show yeah. called goop the goop lab yes huh. i think the first season of that with gwyneth paltrow uh opaltrow i can't say her name right uh but mm. i'm saying like the first season speaks about mushrooms ayahuasca you know like like tapping into your subconscious there's another documentary on netflix called heal which mm. you know allows you to heal your body without using medicine you know to like mm. like um off the counter medicine Hmm. so i find all of this really really fascinating and and i think that you can't write off something because 
one you don't know about it or two you are just too resistant to try something new hmm true i feel if you are open to the idea of absorbing things that you don't know hmm and i am that person you know i will say yes to everything and i will say yes when you know let's do this hmm. i am that person so i think that helps that helps hmm Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, if we are talking about you know, I'm sure people you know keep on constantly asking you about a uh, you know the abuse chapter yeah. and the, the one that I'm sure they keep asking you about is the abortion yeah. chapter. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are like uh, this is what people generally fixate on. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But even the abortion chapter is quite impressive. for your honesty about it because it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or not because abortion is such a big deal miscarriages abortions it just screws with your mind and you've been very honest about your feelings and how you went through the experience so you know i found that great thank you thank you for that uh i don't think that you know one needs to be ashamed or needs to live with the shame like like nobody should make you feel like a certain way or you should not be you should not be like living with a guilt that is looming over your head for the rest of your life for something that you did uh and mm. you were not comfortable with you know yes as in mm. the abuse is one part of it where i was in it for a prolonged period of time mm. and then there is this that i went on a whim and i did it right and i hmm. personally thought it was so important for me to start that chapter with that line and i remember that line i said i, I in that line i said i should I, i asked my mother should i talk about this and she said no we don't need to tell everyone everything about our <laughs> lives you know hmm. it comes from a sense hmm. of protection yes but i was coming from a place of being as naked with my emotions as i could be uh hmm. about this chapter as well and i felt that you know we think we're really progressive and we're awesome and blah 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 but look around us yaar like the most progressive society today has shut down like laws for abortion yes yeah you know and so that maybe they weren't really progressive at all you know that exactly exactly can you beat mm-hmm. that i mean it's mm-hmm. bizarre what the world is looking around us you know and it's mm-hmm. just and i'm telling you like i did not have any other reasons to not be not to go ahead with that except for the very simple inkling that i was not ready for it yeah and that's good enough i don't need to yes, have a medical mm-hmm. complication i don't and there are people with those situations there are people mm-hmm. there are women who go through emotional trauma followed by physical trauma you know which which scar them yeah and then you want them to carry this soul forward what are you bringing into this world another yeah. totem of of pain another being of i mean i'm sure like they have their own journeys like every soul has its own journey on this earth but i'm saying that if i do have that in my control and it was a long time for me to even deal with the fact that that i'm not a bad human being for doing that but that was mm-hmm. my journey mm-hmm. and once i made peace with that journey i was just like thanks guys peace out cheers 
see you on the other side. <laughs> like, you can keep your judgments. Thanks. Cheers. And I remember, like, uh, you know, I was shooting for a show. I went straight into it, right? I went into that show. Like, I was shooting for a travel show at that point. And I would be this cranky asshole of a human being. Like, I would refuse to get out of the car. I would say, it's too hot. Hmm. And my director would say, but it's Rajasthan. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> it's too hot. I will not do this. And I remember my director and I used to lock horns, like hmm. everything. And I hmm. think after about two years, we met over a coffee and I said, I'm really sorry. I think this is the reason why I was acting up. Hmm. And she hugged me and she said, fuck, I wish you had told me once. Yeah, you should have told her. But I was not willing to tell anyone at that point. Mm. I had not told anyone. I don't think I had told myself even that it's okay. But you know, again, like, say it took me two years. But after two years, when I told that person and I saw the reaction that I received from that person, I knew that nobody was trying to go on a whim to hurt anybody. Mm. You know, we were just, yay, fun. You know, Kubra, I could keep talking to you because, well, it's enjoyable. But we'd have to like end now because like there's lots of stuff. I mean, I'd like to talk to you about your brother, about your mother and about, you know, all the things in, you know, working in the Hindi film industry and your time in Dubai, working at a shop and all those things and at Microsoft. There's lots of stuff in your book, which is interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of advice and there's like usable stuff for people. So we could go through all of that. But we'll have to end now. Yes. So. And I'm so sorry and I'm so heartbroken. I have to say goodbye to you now. <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the listeners, go out and get Kubra Seth's book, op, uh, uh, Open Book, Not Quite a Memoir. It's, it's, a, it's a great read. And she's been very honest and very frank. And um, not just that, she's also been, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in the book, which is what I enjoyed. Thank you so much, Kubra. Thanks, Manjula. I really, really appreciate <laughs> your time this morning. Thank you. Okay, bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.